Hoo-hoo-hoo. Testing. Yeah, that looks pretty good. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and sync up in three, two, one. Hey, Chad. Hey, Cameron. It's Opinions Are Cheat with Cameron and Chad, and I've got an opinionated question to ask you. Okay. Um, so you have, like, normal hobbies. Are oh. you familiar with uh, video game corruption emulators? No, I have no idea what that is. So... This is a thing that I've found very fun for a while, but I'm starting to think I should just, like, get a corruptor and play some of these myself. But I watch a lot of YouTube videos of funny corruptions. Uh, I guess if you don't know what they are at all, you know how there's, like, an emulator, right? And it'll run the game. Yes. So a corruptor will change certain values. Um, so it's basically modifying the file but sometimes in a random way. Like, for example, there's randomizers. So you can play Legend of Zelda, but like all the items in Ocarina of Time are randomly moved around. So you'll get them out oh. of sequence. Yeah, I've, um, and, and, my brother, yeah. I, I haven't watched any of these, but they're popular with like Bloodborne and Dark Souls. And I think Pokemon. Yeah, well, randomizers are, yeah. Uh, and they've gotten better too, where there's actually like, there's ways to prevent being locked out of finishing the game. Like, it can still be random, but also it'll never completely fuck you over. So it's, like, right. it, it's getting, like, fine-tuned. It's very interesting. Uh, but imagine, like, instead of moving items around, what if it did things like changed animation properties? So, like, when you move a bone on the skeleton, it knows to move from 0 degrees to 90 degrees... But what if it thought it was supposed to go to 340 degrees and extend in length three times? That would, I imagine, be a pretty dramatic uh, effect. Yeah. Um, so I want you to click on this and watch maybe the first, like, ten seconds or so. Uh, Vinny uh, Vinesauce does a lot of these videos, so I, I do recommend that to the listeners at home. But I linked Chad his Detective Pikachu, which is one of my favorites. Hey, that's a penis. That was There's funny. There's a sequence on the boat. Was... Watch, I guess, I guess, twenty more seconds. But okay, it looks like their their faces are flapping in the wind while they talk. Oh God, the boat is just. Oh my God. Everyone looks so upset. It's just, it's extending, like, their their smile, like, normally it would extend so far, but it's, like, doubling how far a smile would go. There is some very funny, I think I've seen this in Resident Evil also, where, like, it'll just crank up the, the face rigging, so it's, like, 400%. So their eyelids are, like, just exaggerated hyper-cartoons, even though it's got this, like, realistic, you know, motion capture application going on. Sure. But I found the corruptor he uses. Yeah. Oh, you did? So I take it you've been playing with that. Um, No, I have not installed it yet. But he... So Vinny just uploaded a video um, redirecting to this group that does corruptions. And I think they're starting their own channel 
where they just exclusively talk about those. So I'm like excited to see what they do. But they started with the new Pokemon game, which is funny because it already like it's buggy. So it's it's kind of weird that they would pick that one instead of like a, a one that's not buggy anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love like you know, this character like kneels down and his neck is like, you know, six times longer than it's supposed to be. And yeah. his head's a little misshapen and. It's kind of funny how something so simple can be so effectively entertaining. Yeah, and so that's the thing. It's like, I think it would be fun to explore some of these concepts. uh, Because, like, I think there's different, like, pre-done corruptors. Like, it's interesting. They have this suite of, like, emulator installers with, like, pre-done, you know, little details and settings and stuff. So, like, there's a Discord, and somebody said, hey, I've got the perfect corruptor for Banjo-Tooie. I got it set just right, so it never breaks, it never crashes, but it's really funny looking. And you can, like, download his, uh, you know, his settings and replicate the experience he had. Or, what you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But it's just such a fun aspect of the hobby. Like, uh, the new God of War came out. And it just looks like the most normie garbage that, like, I'm kind of embarrassed when I see uh, game critics praising it as, like, this masterpiece. Because there's a dramatic man acting, and he throws his mighty axe, and I'm just so infinitely bored looking at it. And it's like, I've had people at work ask me, why do you play video games? Isn't that for children? And it's like, I can't even explain to you the Detective Pikachu corruption montage I just watched. Because none of the words I said make sense. Like my my hobby is so that 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 question to me is dumb um, for like a bunch of different reasons. But I also get the idea that I I mean you look at it like I think what the new uh, Pokemon game sold something like ten million copies already, which is fucking bonkers. And they I I think someone described them as they look like a shitty Roblox uh mod. Like the the game is clearly unstable to play. It it doesn't look that great. It doesn't run that well. And then you have something like the new God of War, which looks immaculate. And uh, I is you know I think what what people want out of games now isn't what developers are are making. It's probably been that way for a long time. But I, I would rather play something that's a little more whimsical and funny than Angry Man Throws Axe. Like I I don't really want to play that anymore and i think there's like a time and a place right like there's nothing wrong with that it's just i hate when you you look at someone talking about like this is the peak of the medium and then i'm looking at it i'm like no it's certainly not this is the most like safe approach to game design i've seen in a while yeah pokemon violet and scarlet are the fastest selling games of all time with 10 million physical (laughs) and downloadable units between them in three days that's that's you know what they earned it they put that pokemon logo on the front of the box and everything i've seen it in motion i we've i think we've complained about that a couple this this game a couple times now clearly not for me i don't like the designs of any of the new pokemon i am amazed by the the steadfastness of the property and it's like every new game just seems to do better than the one before in terms of sales like whether it reviews well or not or whether like 
the the design decisions are better. People are still really into Pokemon, like new, you know, kids and adults alike, and it's just it's an insane level of popularity. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, like I'm still playing Pokemon Go, right? It it's fine. Yeah. It's not like, oh guys, there's a raid, we all gotta go. Like it's not like the phenomenon it used to be. But at the same time, I will still go back and like try it once in a while. Like, oh, I haven't, t- oh, you know, let me pop in and see what's going on. There's like a new event or something, and I try it out. You know, it, it has its hooks in me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's not the best example because I haven't put more than like three dollars into that, so it's not like they're making bank off of me either. Sure, I I'm still very nostalgic for Pokemon. Like, I have a a lot of great memories wrapped up in that series uh, with uh, the first game, especially and then, and then the silver. And I think the one reason I'm so kind of disinterested in it now is I know that like there will never be, they cannot replicate those first two games as far as how I felt when I played them, just cause I'm not, you know, nine years old. Yeah. And so there's something really special about your first Pokemon game, regardless of which one it is. And it's kind of the same thing when I think about World of Warcraft. Like, the first time I played that game was really, really amazing. And, like, no other game is going to be able to replicate that because it was my first one. Man. uh, As far as MMOs go. You know, I still have that debate about the whole classic server thing. Because there's a lot of people that still insist it's a better experience that way. But it's like, yeah, but you already have it all solved. You know? Like, you understand the raid mechanics now. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not the same as, like, discovering this new giant dungeon with your friends. It's like, no, you've run this a few times. You get it. Uh, They actually have a really big economy problem right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because, like... Excuse me. There's this whole thing where, like, you can... uh, You can buy, like, services. This is a thing that didn't seem to exist before. But it's like, you can pay gold... Uh, to pay someone else to carry you through the raid because they can do it so uh, effectively that they have like open slots of dead weight to get the loot for free, you know? Oh, that's funny. So you'll, yeah, so it's like you'll exchange, you'll pay the service, like here's my chunk of gold, but I'm guaranteed to get whatever the raid boss drops. And they'll do these runs. And it's gotten so out of hand that it's not economically feasible to make gold within the game. You have to buy the like wow token through the store, which is like it's $20 US for a chunk of gold. And people like in... run the math and it's like, no, 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 go to McDonald's and get a minimum wage job. And that's a better use of your time than actually farming the mats. And it's like, it's kind of ruining the experience for a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, this is on the classic servers. My my favorite classic server memory is is definitely paying obscene amounts of real money to get on a raid slot so I could get all free shit. Well, yeah, and it's like it used to be like how much did a mount cost? Wasn't it like thirty gold or something? Like, um, no, I think it was it, more. That's than a big that. sum, right? It was a lot, especially it, if you it, hit level forty. Like. No one fucking had that much money. It was like 30 or 40 gold for your 60%. And I want to say it was 100 or 200 for your 100% mount when you hit level 60. So so it's like 200k for these runs. Oh, holy shit. Where it's like the, uh, the 
the economics part of it isn't working out and they're actually like they're trying to keep things authentic but to balance things out they're increasing the rate of gold you get from selling vendor shit and like the economy isn't what it used to look like when it actually came out just because of how things translated out incorrectly with this new system someone is going to write like a a college thesis on the world of warcraft economy and it's going to be an absolute fantastic read for the teacher who will probably be confused but also just enthralled by the weird shit that goes on in that game and what people are willing to put up with and spend i guess to get you know new weapons and armor that they can't take out of the game yeah and you know that game has been running for so long it's actually a very interesting case study on this sort of economic behavior. I'm just, a, I'm surprised at the amount it would cost to go through. I just don't see the appeal at all, right? Like, and I was actually talking to Joe about this a little bit today where when he was playing Destiny, like to him, learning the encounter is the fun thing. He doesn't like the idea of joining a group where everybody knows how to do a boss and then they just tell him what to do or going on YouTube ahead of a time so you know how to do the boss and you're not going to be the idiot that stands in the fire so you don't get kicked out of right. the raid. Like, that's not gameplay to him. That's homework. And so this is like a step beyond that where you're spending, I don't know, let's say 200 real dollars to get on board this, to be dragged through this raid so you can get loot. What are you going to do with the loot if you're not playing the game? Like, what's the point right. of having any of that? Doesn't that just mean you're done now? Like... I this is one of those things I never got into the classic servers Uh, I've played some private servers that try to emulate that like classic vibe but it works better because it's a smaller scale thing and it's like a community effort with the overhyping and the modern wow players it's like I don't want to play with these people like (laughs) that's this is not the experience at all I just think about all of the quality of life stuff that has been added over the years that is gone. And I don't know why people are nostalgic for wasting more time doing stuff that is not that important, like getting to a raid or farming materials or dicking with your, you know, user interface. Like all of that stuff got improved and all of it is better to be improved. And you're just like, why was this not here in the first place? I know, um, me and Joe are playing dark souls three today and, he was kind of telling me about some of the stuff that just like is better in Elden Ring because it's easier to do. It's not behind a menu or some weird shit. It's like, no, you could just do this. Like you can assign this to this or you can, I don't know. There's less waiting. It's just, they learned like, oh man, you know, it was kind of annoying is doing this. Let's just get rid of it. And it's like with World of Warcraft, you can take that concept and then like multiply it by a thousand because early world of warcraft was not that user friendly in my opinion it's funny too because it was also like the baby mmo compared to the real mmos of the time that were even less friendly yeah and so it's really funny when the like classic came out and people were like i i tried to fight the mob and then it, it actually beat me like i fought two at once and i can't do it and everyone's like complaining about how hard the game is and it's like what the fuck 
I remember, you know, you're, you're like, hey, we got to go to this raid. So you have to get on the, the flying thing and get fly to the nearest city. And I think I had a mod that would tell me how long it would take because there was mods for everything at that point. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you, you'll get there in like five or six minutes. And it's like, you still want me to fucking sit here for five minutes while my while my character doesn't like literally nothing happens. And so then you download a Peggle mod so you can play a game while you wait. And that's World of Warcraft. Uh those the, those so that, that sticks funny. with me more than other stuff about that game. Yeah, uh, but that was literally what I was doing today was uh with the new character I made. Um I made my dragon character, and so of course it's like you start out with nothing because it's a new character. But you're also maximum level because it's the the new class. And it's this weird hodgepodge where I have this like catch-up gear and I've access to all the content. So if I want to run old raids for uh for cool armor to dress up in, or if I want to do current content, like I can just run in and do the current raid, or I can do the uh the roguelike mode, I could just do that. But it's like, oh, you know, before the expansion comes out. I want to level up my engineering skills and I want to get those handy gadgets like the repair tools and the little like zone teleporters and stuff. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to grind this stuff. Right. And yep. so like, I, I want to bake cookies today. And so I read the instructions and I'm, I'm baking cookies with my ma and it's like, okay, first we're going to make the dough. Let's do that at one. <laughs> we bake the dough. Okay. It has to sit for an hour. So I went in world of Warcraft. I bought, all the materials I would need. And it's like, oh, I need to make like 500 of these screws. And so I would click the button and it's like, you have to craft each one at a time. So it just queues up all 500 that I'm going to make. And it's like, well, this is going to take a while time to go back to the cookies. And I'm like alternating on these, like between like real chores and pretend chores. Yeah. Doing these like long steps where it's just like, it was so silly to me coming back. Like, okay, we decorated the cookies now they got to rest and cool. I'm going to go check on my engineering thing. Okay, I got to queue up this work and queue up this work. And my character's just standing there. It's just a, it's a very weird. <laughs> I Did I ever tell you about like the first time I played Pokemon? I was confused because I've never seen a game that was not a platformer. No, but honestly, like. That doesn't surprise me, right? Because I, I think that might have been my first like proper RPG as well. And yeah, I think I the just, only reason I wasn't I confused... video game meant you, you have a character that runs around. Yeah. I had someone like show me the game. I was in like daycare with a bunch of other kids around my age or younger. And the one with, with wealthier parents than me had, you know, a Game Boy Color and, and Pokemon. And he's like, you got to check this out. And so he showed me the game. And I was like, well, I want one of these. And then it was, I think that year, but it might have been the year after that I got one for Christmas. But, what well, you know, I, I had someone, like, sit down and introduce this, like, gameplay concept to me. I didn't have to learn it, uh, which helped, I think, in the long run. So I want to go back in time and explain to little Cameron, okay, in the future, you're going to play this game called Cookie Clicker. Where you just you click on the cookie, but eventually you hire enough grandmas, they they do the work for you, and you just turn it off and you check back in a week. So while you're waiting on that, you're gonna play this game called World of Warcraft, where you're gonna mine minerals. And when you have enough minerals, you're gonna make an ore, and you have enough ore, you're gonna make springs, and it's gonna take a while. So you're gonna you're gonna log off while that's working. Because everything's a fucking like Facebook chore game. Yeah. 
I just I don't um, know. that's enough video game talk. I want to talk about something more interesting because you, you okay you had a couple things you wanted to uh chat about today, right? Uh yeah. So um we got this we got this uh city near us called Sparta. Uh, holds about ten thousand people. So uh, which is probably very small for for where you're from, right? Like a city that only holds ten thousand people. Uh, but around this time of year, they do some kind of like, I think they call it like a Kringle Mart. It, it's supposed to be this kind of quaint, oh, old timey European style uh, where people come and set up booths or you rent a booth. Uh, they're they're made out of wood. They're fairly big. They're, you decorate them and it's got a Christmas vibe and a holiday vibe and you, you sell stuff. And so my coworker, Heather, who I've brought up on the show before, usually gets me in trouble. Uh, she was there. Uh, selling cupcakes because she wants to like you know create a uh, you know side hustle is what is what the kids call it now and she makes amazing cupcakes and so we went over there to buy some of those and just kind of see what it's like because i don't ever really go to sparta it's like 25 minutes away um doesn't have like the the best reputation in the area though being there that night was like super fun i, I had a really good time at this so we, we go we find her booth we buy some cupcakes we just kind of start wandering around looking at what other people have. Um, there's like a, a little stream that runs through the city and like there's bridges that go over it. And, and it's very, it feels so like small and quaint despite being twice the size of the, the city I live in, which is only 5,000 people. And uh, we found, we, we found the guy selling beer, which is like step number two is like, okay, we have cupcakes. It's kind of cold. I want beer. Um, and so we, we go and he's got like a couple of German imports that he's, you know, basically selling out of his fucking truck and I got a stout and it was really good. And so we're, we're wandering around, we're drinking beer, we're having a good time. There's like little bonfires every maybe 30 feet. So it's warm and bright. And I had such a, it was so like relaxing and fun and people were in a good mood. And I, I, this was legitimately going to be my glad space, um, I, it still could be, but I found a guy selling like bags of coffee. Like he gets, he imports the beans and then he like does the whatever work himself, right? However you dry them out and add flavor to them. So I bought a bag of coffee from him because I was like, what the hell? I'm here. I'm drinking beer and the coffee's pretty good. I made, I, I, I mixed it with, uh, with Duncan's this morning because I wanted to use that up. But for like, it's, it's nice. It's good. I wish it had a little more flavor to it, I think, but it's, it's a, a really nice, you know, medium roast. I don't know. That sounds it, like it, a really nice time. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of nice to just like appreciate and look around with the, the things you have like local, right? Like, I mean, it okay, twenty five minutes away isn't super local, but at the same time, if you're in a big city, you're probably gonna drive twenty minutes to get fucking anywhere with with traffic and whatnot. And yeah, I had I had, we had a really good time, and then we we went home and we had leftover, you know, Thanksgiving food and. Got fucking drunk on rum and bourbon. It was awesome. Also, the, the cupcake does look pretty good. You sent me a picture. It is a. It is just a phenomenal chocolate cupcake. So I don't. I, I don't have. Yeah, I guess that probably should have been a glad space because it's not much to like talk about. But I was really excited. I was like, oh, I can't wait <laughs> to tell Cameron about this because this was a good time. No, it's fun. Um, I, I do. I do try and do that though. I've been uh, I've been doing this for a couple years now, but I've been very intent 
unconsciously taking note of positive things when I see them. And it's very hard for me because I think there's like different kinds of brains. Like people think differently and process information differently. And it's something that I've come to realize that I seem to have a knack for only remembering negative things. Like I can't seem to remember like positive, like, like, Oh, that time we all took a road trip. Like that memory is spotted by like the different things that went wrong. So it's like, Oh, do you remember when we went to Arizona? And it's like, Oh yeah. When we spent four hours at the, tire shop and the guy didn't speak English so we had to wait for the English guy to come in and my mom's like she doesn't even remember that part of the drive but that's how I remember the trip was like waiting that feels like a a thing that would be hard to forget because four hours is a long time well but the thing is it was a long road trip with a lot of things we went to a lot of places sure and it's kind of like oh yeah I remember we we camped at that one uh, forest and uh, they didn't have the ice cream I wanted at the gift shop. And I was like, well, yeah, but also wasn't the waterfall pretty. I was like, I, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, it could be weird what kind of decides to cement itself in your head, right? Like, I haven't been on a, on a proper vacation in a while. We tried to take one this year, and then we had to cancel because my mom had a health scare, and then we, we stuck around town, right? And we, I talked about that a bit, and to me that was great because... I'm a fucking hermit, don't like going places most of the time. And we tried, you know, we tried local bourbons, we had fun. So that's not like a good example. I'm trying to think of like an older, you know, I went to Disney World at some point when I was quite young, but I don't, I don't remember like anything about it, good or bad. It was more like, oh, Splash Mountain was cool, probably. Um, I think there were really neat fireworks, but anything in between there, just pretty much gone. When I think back to like high school, I don't have a lot of good memories of high school, mostly just bad ones. But I think that's because it was high school. So I, I it is kind of interesting to to think about like your own brain, like to try and step back out of it a little bit and examine the thoughts you have and maybe why you have them. And typically the the times I end up doing that are the times where I'm like, I need to eat more vitamin D because I'm fucking depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I had more of a point to that, though. What was it? Anyways, yeah, it's fun to have fun. But I do think it's important to consciously enjoy the fun. Because I I think, not just my brain being hardwired that way, but I've been also thinking a lot about, like, the social media and the way things work. And it's like, a lot of people seem to be training themselves how to be smarmy. And how to have, like, a, a quick jab. As soon as somebody slips up, oh, I got the best joke at their expense. I gotta just wait for them to slip up. Because uh, there's, yeah, like, a those, reward system for that now. All the likes come in, you know, because people like a, a witty, smarmy person. I'm kind of curious, um, when it comes to your area of California, because you're in a much bigger city. Do you have... You know, the, the, you know, something quaint and small like I just described, like, do they even have that where you're at? And it, it, can it be enjoyed? Because I imagine there's so many people that would show up, it would just be a zoo. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like, the closest I have is Oktoberfest. But the amount of space is so small that even though it's not that big of a production, it overcrowds too fast. Sure. So there's, like, an art to enjoying it, right? Uh, there are, I want to say, quaint things, but it's like you kind of have to 
drive to the spot. Um, my town did not used to be this like this big, I guess, but I don't know. It just keeps growing. I suppose that is a weird the where uh, Lacrosse and Onalaska, which is like the big city I live next to. In Utah, and when I say big, I mean like I think Lacrosse is fifty thousand people, and Onalaska is maybe thirty. So, two cities so close together, about eighty ish thousand people, give or take. But they're spread out pretty wide. The problem is, is they can't grow that much because we got the Mississippi River on one side and then bluffs on the other. So it's it's long and narrow, and there's really only so much room. And so, like, the, the population size, I think, over the last, like, two decades has been a little bit, like, stuck in place. And so, some of this crazy expansion, you know, you see advertised or talked about on the news going on throughout the country, we've kind of, ha- it hasn't happened as aggressively around here. And so, like, lacrosse feels like it always has. And there's probably, like, a bad thing about that, right? I mean, like, being stuck and unchanging is fundamentally, I think bad for people despite me just you know enjoying the ball pit as it were but it also there is something like the nostalgia is there because i remember it how it used to be and then i go there and it's hasn't changed that much i mean yeah shopco is closed and and some of the you know the mall is is very slowly die well it's been slowly dying for a while but it's definitely on its last legs so it's different but there's also just a lot of architecture a lot of structure that has just it's just there. It's still there. Playmore Lanes, where I used to go bowling when I was in high school, is it's still there, and it's still a bowling alley. I, I don't go bowling anymore, but I could if I wanted to, and it would be the exact same fucking place I used to go, and I wonder if their burgers are still good, because they used to be pretty good. You know, we have a nice bowling place, too, where it's that same kind of thing where it's like, oh, this place hasn't changed, at least for that. And... I mean, it is something I think about, because I've I've met enough people online, and I've I've heard people are like, you know, if you... I've heard people say disparaging things about the kinds of people who don't move out of their hometown or don't really ever leave their area of comfort. And I'm like, oh, that's me. I feel like if I wanted to do those things, I could. I don't want to do it. I, I think there's like a stereotype that that comes from, but I I think there's a bit of a Venn diagram and you you have a bit of a distance from that that you might not realize. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of things around here. And one of the things that came to mind was the Del Mar Fair, which is a big thing, but it's also Del Mar is very, very big, uh, like the space. So it doesn't overcrowd. So even though it's not like a small, quaint thing, it's one of those like, oh, that's a local thing and only the locals care about it. Sure. Um, Here, I got this timestamp here where it's like you can see it's crowded, but also... Like, there's room to walk. Oh yeah, that's not too bad. I don't. I wouldn't call it quaint. Yeah, it's probably not like quaint, but it's still. Um, I don't know. It it's not. It's not like so much where it 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 feels like uh a I don't know overstimulating or oppressive or whatever. Like when when lacrosse has uh, Oktoberfest. The town, there's a lot of people that come to lacrosse for Oktoberfest, and it becomes a fucking shit show for, like, four days. To the point where, like, 
I don't want to drive downtown at all. I will I will actively change my routes to to work and back because I know if I don't, I could get stuck behind like a shitload of drunk people crossing the street to go from one bar to another. Um so this doesn't remind me of that. This is definitely like a manageable amount of people. Also that cotton candy yeah. burger looks so, revolting. I yeah, so that's uh that's Charlie Chicken Chicken Charlie's. They uh they always do like weird stuff like the oh deep fried t- twinkie sandwich or whatever. Uh but they do have good frog legs. Oh. I I do want to say that. Um I was <laughs> I I was looking for I typed in like things to do in my local area. And I forgot about this. I was just talking to my mom about it. But have you seen this Jurassic World thing? Oh, do do do. I don't think I have. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, this is kind of cool. So in San Diego, yeah, they got a Jurassic Park built in San Diego, which is really funny since I don't think that worked in the movie. So I'm not sure why they had the idea now. But they got the big old dinosaurs you can pet. I like that. That looks fun. Yeah, I think um, what it, what's I, I want to guess the age range for this is like five to seven. But when I look it up, it's always like 35 year olds with YouTube blogs with 20 subscribers. It's one. I think this is a couple weeks ago now. I maybe mentioned it, but we went hiking um, around lacrosse, lacrosse, but to a an area of the bluffs that like we'd never been to before. And that was a lot of fun to just go, go somewhere we haven't been and just be like, Hey, I can't believe we've lived here, you know, 30 years and just didn't know this was a thing until like yesterday. We walked through a really cool, uh, really cool trail that ended in kind of like this big overgrown set of, um, shrubs and bushes and whatnot that attract uh, monarch butterflies and just kind of looped around there, and there were signs, you know, infographics and stuff about monarchs, and it was it was a cool time, and just another one of those things where it feels weird to have lived in a place for so long and to type it to type in like things to do around here and find shit you don't know about. I think that would be like a good uh, exercise for anybody is. You know, especially with this, like, holiday weekend thing, like, uh, next time you guys find time, type in your local place and things to do. You might be surprised. Oh, that's I a just pretty sent scene. You, yeah, I sent you a picture of that, and then I got, oh, crap, I have to scroll back and find it. I got one of, like, lacrosse from the top of the bluff. Um, I, I'm really curious, because I imagine, you know, the cityscape that you're next to or in is probably... A lot more vertical than ours. Yeah, that's still... That's a neat view, though. Yeah, and it was fun being up there and, like, uh, looking for closer to the horizon lines, the, the, the bridges that I go on, you know, basically drive on every day, and then looking, finding those, but, okay, where is, where's the college I went to? Okay, where's the hospital? Uh, I wonder if that's Dave's guitar shop. You know, just being high enough to actually, like, find landmarks was was really neat. And, and and to see you know a place you've you've been to so much for from a totally different perspective, uh, can be really neat. I guess the you know, whole theme that, of this is appreciate what you got because well, sometimes you don't know what you have. Yeah, that's my favorite part of um 
Microsoft Flight Simulator is they used like Google photo scan satellite technology. So like you can find your house in Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh, that's cool. And you can like you can fly your plane down and park in front of it if you want to. And it was just it's really weird. Um our town actually has a small airport. And it was strange because we picked that and so we take off from this airport that we know. And I flew over my my job at the airport factory. And it's like, wait a minute. That's my work down there in this video game. And we're just like flying over the streets that we know towards our house. So it's like, okay, this is kind of trippy. Just how accurate it, it really, really was. If I sent you a address, would you fly over it and take a picture for oh, me? I could. I'd have to like reinstall Microsoft Flight Simulator, but I could do it. Oh fuck it! That's not that. It's not that important. No, but I might do it. I, I've it's been a while, and it is actually a fun. It would be interesting simulator. to see. It, it would be funny to see like um, where I work in there. If you you know just like have a like video of you just like flying the plane into the company I work for. Because I God knows I can't do that. Oh, you can just once. Yeah. The- <laughs> I feel like my voice is squeaking a little bit tonight. I I don't I've had a lot of coffee and sugar today. It's been it's been one of those weeks. Yeah, I sent you a view of my town and it's like I I really love the mountains, but I also hate those mountains because they keep all the cold weather and I'm always stuck in this dry pocket. Oh sure. It's a very pretty picture. I'm actually kinda of surprised at how many trees there are in it, because whenever I think of like bigger cities I think of skyscrapers, and I think of no fucking trees. And so this looks um, this looks like a fairly pleasant place to be. It's not the worst. I'll give it. It that. does look like really big though. Last time I was in Minneapolis, I was like, "This place is too big, and there are no trees, and all the buildings are so tall. I don't like it." It was uh a weird experience. I, I never really had that of. Uh, big cities never used to do that to me. I think I talked about that when we went to the the Godsmack show months ago now. But that being one of the weird takeaways from that trip is like I don't I don't remember ever being this anxious in a big city before. I don't know what's changed. Yeah, I do get it though. I I used to like cities more when I was younger, but it's I've gotten to a point where I uh, I I I don't want to call it anxiety. But I do certainly relax a lot faster the closer I am to plants. Sure. You know, like, I want to see birds. I don't like calling it anxiety either, because when I hear the word anxiety, I assume, like, a physical ailment that prevents you from, like, functioning. Right? And I was like, oh, I never get that. I can still get through my day. I can still drive home. It's yeah, more... it's not that bad, but it's a, yeah. there's a tension... And a discomfort <laughs> where, like, hey, this is gonna this, this is gonna bug me. Like, if mm. I had to live here, I would take frequent trips out of town. It, it's weird. Like, there are days you know you wake up and you're just like, why do I feel like something bad is gonna happen to me today? And then nothing does because that's you know stupid. And you're like, is this like a low level kind of like anxiety thing? Like, do people take medication for this, or do you have to have it like? 
really really bad to need to need that because obviously i'm nowhere near that but it it can definitely ruin a day yeah that sounds like the kind of thing that a doctor would just prescribe weed for <laughs> that's true <laughs> I feel like when you're being nostalgic, uh, it was for a time where like life was not not so complicated. Most of the time, yeah, and that's going back to like the video game stuff and you know those feelings of playing the first Pokemon. I remember talking with my friend at school. Oh, excuse me, talking to him about like, okay, I got a Haunter, but I don't know how to evolve it, and we were like guessing and experimenting, and. Now it's like the game's not even out yet and people are already like, oh yeah, there's this one Pokemon where if you hold the system upside down, that evolves it. It's like, okay, cool, thank you. And as soon as you get upside down Zemon, you just do that. You're like, okay, it worked. I miss when... I miss when, like, games were... Like, they felt really... Like, the adventure was real. Like, but at the same time, I don't have time to do that i don't have time to learn how to play pokemon anymore or learn the whatever the game i'm playing is right i i actively avoid open world games because they, they're too big and i don't want to have to explore that much i want to just know where the fuck to go um i recently finished orcs must die three to like the level where i'm like i'm done with this game unless my brother gets it we play co-op but i, I five starred all the levels and that's all i wanted to do i didn't even do it on hard difficulty i did it on medium but some of the levels near the end, I was like, I beat this already. I four-starred it. I have to be a little more efficient. I don't really know what that step is. I'm just going to fucking watch some tutorials on YouTube and then do it and then be done. Because I don't want to put another dozen hours trying to learn some weird quirk to the map that I maybe don't know. I just, I have other shit to do. So... I almost think part of the reason I I pined for like the first time I played Pokemon or World of Warcraft is because I also just had so much extra time in the day to play them and enjoy them for what they are. And I I, I don't anymore. And that's just kind of how growing up works, I guess. Yeah, I heard someone talking about uh, bad games where it's like, hey, were you ever like when you were younger, did you ever play a bad game because it was like all you had and you didn't know better? And it's like, you know, if you were having fun, was it that bad? I, like, I understand the literary critique of the art of game design and the science of balancing the classes and how much hour per US dollar you put into it or whatever the bullshit. But it's like when you're seven and you just like to make the little alien jump and you're like, oh, oh I did it. I finally beat it. I mean, mm-hmm. isn't that worth it at that point? Like, wh- why are people so judgmental? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, I almost think part of it is like being judgmental like that is an easy way to start some kind of conversation or dialogue. The problem with it is it's usually on the uh, the side of being like really negative. And yeah. despite how I talk on this show sometimes, I, I, I do try not to be so fucking negative. Um, it can be difficult because sometimes shit sucks. But on the on the whole, I do prefer talking about things i like more than talking about things i dislike the problem is it's easier to talk about things i dislike because like i know how to articulate it better like i know how to critique it versus the opposite can be like yeah but it's fucking dope thumbs up Uh, you know conversation over i 
I think it's interesting, too, that, like, we started this show just as an excuse for the two of us to have fun talking. Mm-hmm. But also it's helped, at least for me, but I think a little bit for you. It's like a reminder and it's an exercise in, um, in like thought and perspective. Yeah. Cause I, I would like sometimes I'll, like something little will happen and it might just be a funny two second story for me to like tweet at you or, you know, how would I frame this entertaining ways? How, how would this become a learning experience? It's, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I tell, tell you about the, the, the Kringle market or whatever, but then it's like, Hey, what do you have in your area? And then we end up talking for half an hour about where we live and, you know, Oktoberfest and shit like that. And, it's fun. I I don't know. I I always enjoy these. When am I gonna see you guys? I don't know. We have to. Yeah, we have to figure that shit out. Um, when are you gonna come pro- here? When's it? What's a good time of year to go there? Um, I honestly, I would pick almost any time if you could avoid the summer because it, it, it unpredictably gets like uncomfortably hot. Sure. Looking for like just a current calendar though. I have to like actually pick a date and just like pencil it in, or I'll never do it. Yeah, that's um, that seems to be how things go these days. I I, I know we we I mean, we've talked about visiting each other for a while. Yeah, I wanted to make it work this year, but the um, <laughs> it was like oh, planes are so cheap. We should do that this year. And then they stopped being cheap, and so it's like it became less of a pressing thing. But I kind of I did mean to do that. It's hard to know when too, just because like both of us would have to take time off, and you know it's it's not just something that you can spur of the moment do when you have a a job that you've been at for a bit, and it just bills and I and pets and whatnot. Like I don't know. Um, then you got to find a hotel because I mean, granted, if you came here, you could you know crash at probably my my parents would probably be more than happy to put you up in the guest bedroom but that's also kind of weird so you'd probably want a hotel and then there's you know money you got to set aside for things like food and activities and just i look at vacation and go that seems fun also this seems fucking expensive because it is yeah and you know that's another thing (laughs) i just saw a picture of somebody where it's like their their friend was complaining about how like they don't know how they're gonna make their ends meet, but it's like yeah, didn't you go on like three vacations this year? Like yeah, but that was for my mental health. Yeah, I've seen some of that too. Um, different people I know online that will make a decision that at the moment makes them really happy, but you're also like that's the wrong decision you just made because I've seen you complain about finances before. Oh, have you seen that guy where, like, he wrote out all the things you subscribed to? Because he was, like, he had, like, Netflix and Hulu and HBO and Disney Plus and Voodoo and Blowbore and Blab Blib and Dip Blip and Dope Doop and Snackbox and GoBox and Crunchbox and Bald Crate and Harry Crate and Pet Crate. And it was, like, he just, like, somehow... It's like, oh, it's just a thing. It's only $10 a month. Oh, it's only $8 a month. And, but somehow he was spending like $1,000 a month on things that he doesn't possibly, like, you couldn't watch everything on Netflix and Hulu to justify having both of those. 
Or, yeah, it reminds me of the um that old drill tweet where he's like, someone who is good at, at the economy, economy, please help me budget this. My family is dying. And it's $200 on food, $150 on data, $800 on rent, $3,600 on candles, and then $150 on utilities. <laughs> I was like, buy less candles. He's like, no. <laughs> I never realized that was a drill tweet. I, I thought that was maybe someone being serious. It's like, oh, no, drill's a shit poster. Never mind. What was that one? Uh, you never watched I Have Lucy, right? Not really, no. There was, I mean, there, there was a handful of episodes about money, but there was one I liked where, uh, like, she was trying to to bring in the budget, and she, it's like she's stupid, <laughs> so it's like she had she set up like a pie chart, and pretty much like eighty percent of the monthly budget was labeled miscellaneous. Oh no! And they, it's like they, it's like they brought in an expert. Like Ricky hires a financial guy to help get the budget, you know, uh, tied together. And so, like, he he put her on a really strict allowance and pretty much said, okay, you get these uh, $7 and that's your allowance for this week. And she's like, why can't, you know, I can't buy groceries and get my hair done and uh, get my dress hemmed on $7. And so he said, well, you're going to have to pick one of those things and make that work. And so what she did was she set up a credit with the grocery store. But then, like, she didn't understand how credit worked. So she just started buying everyone's groceries. He's like, oh, yeah, we'll just put it on credit. You don't have to worry about it. And it was like, it was one of those things where it's outrageous because, haha, isn't Lucy silly? But there's like a hint of truth behind it where everyone kind of knows somebody that's bad with money. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a guy in my writer's group that I think he had, I, I want to say, I don't know, I can't remember if it was like 10 grand or 20 grand in credit card bills that he's had to like aggressively budget for over the last couple years. And he's like, I think finally paid them off or close to. And some of that shit, I, I believe, was like stuff that's really hard to account for. You, your car breaks down, you have a health problem, right? But a lot of it was also just like he had to buy... X amount of hundreds of dollars of manga a month because he had to follow all of them that he liked or all the video games because he collected rare Japanese RPGs and he wanted to have all the new ones. <laughs> and so part of his budget, it's like, OK, the car problem. Yes. Um, stop fucking buying RPGs. You're never going to play there. I just saved you four hundred dollars this month. And it it blows my mind that people can be. I guess that impulsive with with their money. Um, but then I think people are kind of weirded out when they learn how I budget, which is basically, I don't buy a lot of shit, but I also am, I don't know, I'm easily entertained, so I don't need to. Yeah, so I was listening to, uh, Asmongold today. He's one of those guys where, like, he's made a million dollars off streaming World of Warcraft. And he gives financial advice, and his financial advice is typically don't spend money. Yeah. Like, like just straight up it's actually like a running joke because um like he he owns his mom's old house and it's kind of run down and he owns i think he has one t-shirt because people will watch the progress of the stain on his shirt and recently there was a a bit of a um exciting moment because this very large bug kept landing on the stain and everybody was like trying they're debating if uh, 
if the fly was an ally to the stain or attacking it. Because <laughs> there's, now there's lore about it. But I was just listening to him, and he said something today where it was like, he said, like, hey, if you guys are bad with credit, like, if you guys find yourselves running out of money faster than you realize, stop using a card and only pay with cash. Because as soon as you hand over, you know, three twenties for something, you start looking at the thing in your hand and asking yourself, was this worth three twenties? But when you yeah, use your that card, a- it's all just imaginary money that disappears. That is a really good point. Yeah, there's a there, psychological element to that. And it's like, hey, that's actually really good advice to anybody that can't like budget this stuff. Like you you <laughs> you you might get frustrated when you see that bill where you're like, oh wait, that cheeseburger was fifteen dollars. I oh man. But if you had to hand over fifteen dollars out of your wallet and you look in your wallet and half your cash is gone, and it's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna stop doing this. I don't because I like to buy nice bourbon, and so that's what that is one of my like monthly expenses. Um, spending $50 on a bottle with cash versus with your card is very different. And I will usually, if I'm paying in cash, yeah, I'm going to go put that bottle back and buy something cheaper. So that, but yeah, this is fat, you know, there, there is a reverse to this where like you can be too tight with your money and like annoying and bother people. Like my grandparents need a new water heater. Uh, but there's kind of works and they don't want to buy a new one. And it's like, you guys are in your 90s. You can't take your wealth with you when you die. For the love of God, don't you want to take hot showers in the morning? Fucking up, get a new water heater. Like, why are you doing this to yourselves? Well, they got to save up for the, the big One Piece finale next month. That's true. That, is that coming up? Is that the, the end of One oh, Piece? Oh, I don't know. I do like, though... I'm happy he announced that there is going to be, um, bad. sorry, I'm trying to reply to this real quick. There is going to be a finale to One Piece. Like, he has an ending written, and this next chapter or whatever is like, or this arc is going to be the ending. And it's like, thank you for having an ending and not just keeping it open-ended. Because, man, that ruins some stories real bad. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, I'm not going to thank him too much because, like, how long's that fucking thing been going on? I will never read One Piece. It, it's too big. Like, I, I will straight up never bother. It's it, oh, There's really? too much there. No. No. Fuck it. I'm not wow. going to go through. Like, there's, like, a fucking it's, couple thousand chapters. It's really good, though. I, I don't believe for a second I, it's know, really good for all chapters. There's, yeah, there's no way. I... Okay, I want to say maybe there's some ups and downs, but there is soul in this work that I don't see in other works. And I think, like, honestly, this not to say too much, but one of the things I really love about how he does the characters is that when they're, like, emotional, they have emotion. Like, it's not just, here's this dramatic soap opera moment, and then everyone reacts appropriately. It's like when they cry, they will ugly cry where like snot's coming out their nose. But like once they're pushed to that point and, you know, characters will have like a a thing. So, you know, how like in Dragon Ball, uh, Goku has this arch nemesis like Piccolo and Piccolo's so evil that he like kills Krillin and he's going to threaten to kill everyone and Goku has to defeat him. 
and then Piccolo becomes everyone's friend because Goku's nice. And they yeah. have to team up against Vegeta, and Vegeta's so evil that he kills his own friends, and he's going to blow up the whole planet, but then he becomes everyone's friend because Goku's so nice. Yes, Dragon Ball Z is actually bad. I, I, I am aware of this. It, I refuse well, to... Well, it's that. Uh, so, in One Piece, what they do is the same thing, except when there's like a character who's maybe opposed or has their own goals... It's like their life is set on this and they've made up their mind and they're dedicated to their cause and they're forced to see the futility of it or how they were wrong or how they didn't understand something and face their own humanity and shortcomings. And then Luffy is there to offer a hand in friendship and it's a genuine moment of appreciating that someone is there. And how special this moment really is. That they become friends for life. I'm glad people so like it. So it's the I- same thing, but it's a little better. <laughs> sure. My One of my issues with One Piece, I don't exactly like the character designs. And I remember when the anime first started and seeing commercials for it. And being like, I don't think I'm going to watch that one. I don't like how... There's something about it that doesn't really jive with me. It might, it might work better as drawings. Like I haven't really seen manga pages of this. But my other thing, I mean, there's the time commitment, and then there's, in an ideal world, I would pay for it because I I'm at a point where I like to actually support the the, the media I consume. I I don't do torrents a whole lot. I don't do, I I never torrent anymore. But as far as like getting stuff for free, like yeah, sometimes comic books because comic books are really hit or miss in quality, and I'm not gonna you know, pre-order three months in advance and go through all that horse shit just to get something bad. Sorry, comic book writers, but do better to pay for all of One Piece. I guess you could sign up for the Crunchyroll or whatever the fuck they have all the manga on, but it just seems like it's a big financial (laughs) commitment if I wanted to do it right, and then it's a big time commitment, which uh, we already talked about I don't totally have. Man, I love... (laughs) That like I going back to like the ugly crying and stuff, like that's what inspires me to make the characters cry in my comics. Is because it worked for One Piece. You know, I though, love. That's... Uh, here's this. Um, there, here's a letter in Shonen Jump. Someone wrote the guy that makes One Piece, and they asked, "Uh, hey, you're really good at drawing characters. Um, how do you draw a character? Can you give draw advice?" And his advice was to draw circles, and two of the circles can be boobs. And he just has this really like crude stick figure that shows like how exaggerated his hourglass <laughs> figure is. That's good. I will say, I, yeah. I, I like that. I mean, I appreciate One Piece being this huge cultural phenomenon. It's going to inspire people in all kinds of ways to make their own stuff. We've we've talked about the anime creep, like into western items now like you can tell that there are things coming out that are influenced the creators are influenced by anime i've met people that are writing really long crazy stories and one piece is you know one of the things they're pulling from my hope is that the thing they don't grasp onto is look how fucking long this is because not everyone (laughs) is built or capable of writing something that big and long having it be quality having like a proper through line like uh, this dude's a diamond in the rough as far as that goes. Like 
He's one in a million, and you, listener, are not that. So take whatever you want from One Piece except the fucking length. Did you see that shirt of the uh, Walking Dead viewership? I have not, but I bet it's amusing. Well, it's it, 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 you think it would be amusing, but really it's just it makes you go, there's 13 fucking seasons. This is still going. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that is kind of uh, like I, this chart makes sense, <laughs> right? Like it's a believable curve. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, anything that goes on for that long is going to have this curve. People are not going to keep climbing. You know, you get to season 12 and no, you're probably not going to gain new members. You're going to lose people who don't care anymore. Which is why going on forever is very dangerous. So again, I'm happy that One Piece has an ending in mind. Mm-hmm. And the pieces are apparently coming together into one. I imagine I'll watch like a you know, super eyepatchable video or something on it. And he'll be like, this is why it's great. And I'll be like, yay, I will live vicariously through you and skip the 300 hours it would take to read One Piece. But maybe not. Maybe well, one day I'll read it. You know what? It. Maybe, um, maybe next week we'll we'll do a One Piece episode. Okay. You know what? The because I don't respect my the time. real irony is I've I've read through Homestuck I believe more than once, and that is also an abysmally long piece <laughs> of fiction. <laughs> so, well, oh, you know what? I I shared a VR chat screenshot with somebody once, and Joe was there in a Homestuck avatar. Yeah. Right. And. Um, the, I, I share the picture and the point was whatever the picture was, like it was at a bowling alley or something. And isn't this funny? And the response I got from this person was just, <coughs> oh, oh, Homestuck. Do you like Homestuck? And they started like talking about it. And like, they're still typing on discord. Like you get the little thing that they're typing and they keep sending me messages about Homestuck. And, and I had to, like, clarify how little I know or care about Homestuck. <laughs> I've, I've, we, I've seen the opposite of that, where I've shared screenshots and Joe said him as Homestuck, and someone's like, who's that fucking asshole in the Homestuck avatar? You should go beat him up. You know, just like, I hate <laughs> that property so much kind of thing. And it's like, oh, no, he's my brother. I have seen yeah, that, yeah. too. Homestuck is very divisive. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, this week we were going to review a Wonder Woman comic and the new Pinocchio movie by Del Toro, but we didn't get to either of those things. That's fact. But also, I enjoy the conversation we did have, so I think that's okay. I had a lot of fun tonight. I always question whether the the really intimate kind of like, I'm going to talk about my town conversations are interesting to listen to. But also, if we wanted viewership, we would talk about Taylor Swift every episode, apparently. So, Oh, yeah, that came back with numbers. I don't know what it was. (laughs) I swear to God, the the number I saw was only like 30. So I don't know. I don't know where you found the big number, but I'm happy we did a big number. Big numbers are cool. I I think we might have checked on different days. I think it tapered off like a... (laughs) Because it was like the last seven days or something. Um Somebody went through our oh. back catalog. It might have been a Russian bot. I don't know how these work. I don't either. But um, talking about Taylor Swift, that brings me to music. Do you want to do a music club next week? I always want to do a music club. I am I am excited to do another one. Um, my pick so, for just music in case club. anybody's new, occasionally we try to do these like kind of quarterly, right? I think so. 
Something like that. But we both recommend an album. Everybody at home, go ahead and listen along, and we're going to do a deep dive next week. It's it's vaguely review-esque, but it's also largely just like, hey, this was cool music. Let's talk about music. Like what does this club. remind us of? It, it Yeah, it's it spins around. It, it's um, They're usually really fun episodes. Trivia. Yep, yep. So... My album recommendation for for book club for music club is where is it? Oh, it was last year. That's why I haven't scrolled down far enough. Uh, Fallen Embers by Illinium. It is a I guess electronica of uh, that vein of of genre of music. Illinium uh, is spelled I L L E N I U M. He's actually does pretty decent numbers on on YouTube. Like he's his stuff gets like in the millions sometimes. So. He's not uh he's not really underground. Um but I, I discovered this guy I don't know, I think early last year maybe and was really excited by his music and, and uh this will be the first time I make you not listen to hard rock or metal, which is also neat. That sounds like fun. I like electronica. <clears throat> um you link me your playlist and it will be in oh, the show description yes. there. Uh, my recommendation to you is, uh, are you familiar with Ken Ashcorp? Oh, yeah, I am, actually. Um, he used to do My Little Pony music. Yeah, so I put together a list. It's pretty much his, like, top eight rated songs, and I just put them in a playlist that I think kind of makes sense. Um, I don't know if you've listened to any of his more recent stuff. I have not. So this might be interesting, because I think the My Little Pony one is still on there, and that's maybe his oldest work on this list. That's exciting. Um, I remember, because that was 20% Cooler, yeah. I remember, fuck, when that song came out, that was like, I I, I don't know, that was like an event for like the brony community. Like, I, I haven't listened to it in an extremely long time, so I'm kind of excited to... Uh, I think it holds up. To go back that's to that. That's what introduced me to him. Uh, I feel like... It's actually, you know, it's funny, too. Um, before 20% Cooler came out, he did a Warcraft song that got him first prize at BlizzCon. Oh, wow. It was about, like, PvP or something. And I think it's one of his oldest songs, and I did not include it on the playlist because it's not very good compared to oh, no. how, how much he's grown as an artist. I understand sure. why it won first place at BlizzCon, <laughs> because it's not always the best talent there. Um, but I listened to some of his more recent things, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is a, like, I I think my, uh, my drive home, it typically works a Ken Ashcorp song into my automatic playlist based on my likes. So I listen to his stuff a lot, and half the time I don't even realize it, because it's like a new one that I missed. It's like, oh, sure. he did this one. Okay. You can add more songs to this, by the way, like this playlist. I I don't mind. Um, I know I, you're asking oh yeah, me that We were earlier. talking about it. I had a couple more that were going to be on there, but it's like they're very slow and long, <laughs> so I wasn't sure. Um, I might I might debate it and fit them in anyways. Um, okay. I mean, the, the thing is, he only has so many singles he's put out. So for the topic of the conversation, here's the eight. If you want to okay. just pick at a couple of his other more recent ones, too. I mean, we can throw those into the conversation for sure. 
I'm kind of curious if he did any other MLP stuff or it was just if it was just the 20% cooler. I think that was the only one. Um, there there might have been one where there's like a thumbnail with the pony, but I don't think the lyrics were about it. That's the thing. Some of these songs, too, they're like a theme. Like it's about a character. And then a couple mm-hmm. of them will just have random pop culture things thrown in where there's like one throwaway line about One Piece and one throwaway line about a Dragon Ball or something. And it's like, oh, I get it. He said the meme number. Yeah. There's a little bit of that going on. Um, We're at an hour 15. Do we want a quick wrap up with a glad space then? Yeah, let's do a glad space. Uh, do you have one? Sure. Um, Cupcakes. A while back I was... Oh, yeah, the cupcakes were really good. Um, But no, a while back I was reading a book called Gideon the Ninth. I finally started the uh, sequel, which is called, I believe, Harrowhawk the Ninth. And I'm having fun with that book. It's definitely... It's different than the first. It's a weird kind of sequel because it's not really a direct sequel. It feels like it takes place in an alternate universe. Um, Got some really strange writing decisions in there. There's a lot of second person writing, which I typically don't like. So there's, it's not perfect, but it's a really captivating book. It's doing a lot with its, uh, with its mythos, with its power structure and the, you know, the rules it's set. It's a wicked page turner. It's really hard to put down when I do pick it up. And I'm just, I'm having a good time with it. You know, it's one of those things where like you can enjoy a thing that's like, it doesn't, not everything's a 10 out of 10 and you can, that's okay. Like this is a really strong, fun book with some notable flaws that, you know, are there, but it's still, I would say, I would recommend it. I'm still having a good enough time to be like, hey, it's a little weird. It's a little dumb, but it's, it's really cool. So I'm having a good time with this book. That's good. Uh, my recommendation, not recommendation, but Gladspace is also a book. Um, I told you that I was listening to Jeanette McCarthy's autobiography. Yes. Uh, it's called I'm Glad My Mom's Dead. Uh, it, very, very good. Yeah, yeah. I, I like autobiographies. Um, this was good. It was too real and depressing to be a Gladspace. But as soon as I finished it, I picked up another autobiography. Um, I have it here. It's called... (laughs) Okay. A Movie Making Nerd by James Rolfe. Are you familiar with James Rolfe? I don't think so. I I don't know if that last name's familiar because I had a a professor in college with that last name or if if it's because I actually recognize James Rolfe. So let's say no. A lot of people probably recognize him by the name Angry Video Game Nerd. Maybe not you, though. Oh, sure, sure. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I don't watch the Angry Video Game Nerd, but I'm aware of him. Um, So, yeah. So he did a thing. His, His passion's really in movies more than video games. He does really, really like video games. But... This is about him, like, from his childhood, like, his, his earliest memories of holding a camera, uh, the horror films that he tried to make when he was, a like, a preteen with his family, him going to film school, him trying to, you know, make his own movie. He, you know, he built a career and a life based on making videos about things that he likes, which not everybody gets to do. So it's a very just fun... uh I want to say uplifting kind of story of like, you know, hey, here, you know, pursue your dreams. They worked for me. I know it's not like a magic phrase that makes it work for everyone, 
but it's also just kind of nice to see someone pursue and get what they want out of life. Yeah. Autobiographies are very interesting. I don't read a lot of them. Um, I should probably fix that, but at the same time... I'm discovering that cool. I like them. I want to read the Bob Barker one. I heard good things for that. Nice. Um, are we good to go? We're at about an hour 20, though there's a lot of silence in this one. Yeah, I'll trim it down. But I do want to say... I had fun chatting with you this week. Yeah, this is uh this is a good time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to music club next week. I'm really Faux I'm show. really interested. I have not listened to Illidium with my good headphones, and I'm curious if it's gonna sound amazing or if it's gonna be really fucking compressed, because that album is mixed really loud. Um so to people listening to it, not on YouTube, it you know, you might want to turn the volume down a little bit. It's definitely I think that might be the style, you know, when you're doing a lot of electronic music, it seems to be louder than, like, prog metal, but just a warning. I was just complaining about my shitty headphones. It's like, no, man, I have to break out, like, the the good listening ones. But I will say goodbye to all our listeners, uh, and I hope you had fun with this one, because I did. Yeah, take care, and we'll chat soon. Woohoo!